You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically, so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Colin Cook, joined with... This is Elliot Kawaoka. And we've got Hector Picard on the phone, or on the line with us as well right now. Normally we do a little bit of an intro ourselves, but we're going to jump right into our interview with Hector. So, how you doing, Hector? Good, good. I'm um, happy to be on the uh, on the uh, line here with you guys. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Well, we're really honored to have you. So, for those of that you don't know Hector, um, Hector, why don't you actually, you want to give us a little background about yourself? Uh, yes, uh, I am, uh, or I'm considered the um, the first no-hands Ironman. I'm a uh, five-time Ironman finisher, and I, I have, um, I'm a double-arm amputee. So yes, people, you did hear that. This said the no hands finisher. Yeah, no arms. That's just uh, crazy. So I actually had the pleasure of meeting Hector and racing with him this year in Kona. Uh, we actually both have the same bike sponsor, so uh, I was over by our our uh, our little setup that Sipo had, and uh, I saw Hector and his bike guy working or testing out his bike a little bit. So I certainly jumped on the opportunity to say hello. I had seen him on Facebook a few times um, because of Sipo, but uh, it's it's amazing. Well, definitely, I want to talk about your your bike and setup and everything like that. But um, that's that's just incredible. So um, very cool. So um, you sorry, you said five time Ironman finisher. Now um, can we right. can we hear a little bit? Of, and I don't know how detailed you want to get into, but uh, kind of how you found yourself in the situation of the way you live today. Um, yeah, um, almost 25 years ago, I was working as an apprentice for an electrician, and uh, I was working on what they call a substation transformer. This is usually a two-story structure, and it supplies power to entire neighborhoods. And my job at the end of the day was to remove some equipment from the deactivated transformer. So I walked between two of them. The one on the right was on, the one on the left was off. I made a right turn. As soon as I made contact with my right arm, uh, pal, 13,000 volts of electricity went through my right arm, down my side, and um, blew out the top part of my foot. And on the way down, I grabbed again, and I got hit a second time on my left side, and that went out my hip. Um, I got um, it forced the amputations of my entire right arm and half of my left, and as well as second and third degree burns over 40% of my body. But uh, I'm, I'm a survivor, you know. I survived it, and I'm here and trying to inspire people, inspire children, and just uh, live life to the fullest. Unbelievable. So that was, you said, 25 years ago now? Yeah, back on uh, March 31st, 1992, so almost 25 years. Wow. So, you know, and, and I believe I read you were in a coma initially, right? 
Yeah, I was in um, an induced coma for a month, and then I was in the hospital for another month after that. Unbelievable. So yeah. tell me how and, like, how quickly, I mean, I, there must have been some significant depression and kind of shock, you know, when you first came out of it, but, uh, like, how long did it take you to even think about, you know, being athletic and, and going out and doing endurance sports and stuff like that? Well, the endurance sports came um, almost, uh, I want to say, 18, 18 years later almost. Wow. Um, it took a, a nasty divorce to kind of push me in that direction, and, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It, it just opened up uh, a whole new world for me. Um, but after the accident, I, I did, you know, before the accident, I played team sports. After the accident, you know, I still liked the sport, so I created a device to play basketball. I created a device to play <laughs> racquetball. Um, I was a little league coach, a softball coach for five years, so I created devices for that. So I had to you create my own stuff because there wasn't anything out there for someone like myself. And when I got down to uh, competing in triathlons, same situation. Um, I had to create my own modifications to the bike, and um, the swimming is on my back, just using a um, a kick. And, um, you know, I just got into the uh, sport after that, that, that divorce. And I haven't looked back. I've done almost 150 triathlons. And um, next month I'll be inducted into the uh, USAT Florida Region Hall of Fame. Wow. Very cool. And that's, that's right. Awesome. One thing we didn't, we didn't mention. So, yeah, you live down in Florida, right? Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. I mean, it's like we could take this so many different ways. It's just uh, so, so incredible. <laughs> Um, well, and I like your saying on your website, no excuses. And <laughs> there are times when I go into my training and racing and I, I, I make excuses for myself, but then I see people like you out there and that are, I mean, it's just a huge inspiration. And I can't even express, I mean, how, how awesome you are. I mean, it's I amazing that. to me. No, I, I know I inspire a lot of people to finish. And, I mean, Kona, Kona was, uh, you know, you, you got the best athletes in the world. Uh, many of them don't need the inspiration. But, you know, I, I found my, my share at that race. So it was yeah. pretty cool to, to meet all the different people. Yeah. So which, which other, I, I mean, not even to get into the details, like, you know, to finish Kona, like, with those wins out there on the bike, like, there's times, you know, with us, fortunate people that have two arms are scared that we're going to fall over um you know for you to be able to to get through that is just just absolutely amazing um so why don't we actually real quickly let's 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 kind of try and visually uh or mentally discuss uh the uh the layout of your bike and and how you're able to even comprehend or start to tackle that yeah what what i did um with the original setup is i i uh took the brakes off the handlebars and I drilled through the frame, and I attached the brakes to the um, the top tube of the frame, which is a no-no. You're not supposed to drill through a frame <laughs> <Yeah>. ever. <laughs> but I did it with that one. It was a huffy. <laughs> and, um, so it was a good I practice used, bike, right? Yeah, it was my practice bike. Um, I used my right knee to apply the brakes, and then um, on the handlebars, um, I got a, a coupler. Uh, a, a coupler is to use two pipes to put them together. It's flexible, and what I did is I attached it to the handlebars, and I slipped my residual limb or my stump through the um, cylinder device, and that's how I steer. Now, the first bike, I couldn't, I couldn't shift gears. I couldn't figure out how to do that. 
later on, I got a, a bike with arrow bars, and what I did is I, I rolled down the arrow bars next to the fork, forks of the, the bike, and then I would unclip as I'm riding and hit the gears that way. And now with the electronic shifting, um, I use my chin. Um, I'm in the arrow bar position all the time, so I reach over with my chin, and I'm able to hit the button with my chin. And the only other addition I've had to the bike was last year when I was doing the um, the long-distance bike rides. I created, like, a, a chest rest, and yeah. it's attached to the... Um, the original one was attached to the frame, and I'm able to rest my chest on it. Now I use a profile-designed uh, arrow bar. We roll that up, and we attach the plate to it, and I'm able to, to rest my chest on that as well. Yes. Wow, so, that's amazing. Yeah, well, for every, any of your listeners out there, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'm looking at a picture of him on his bike right now, and I'll we'll add sure that to, to the that site. Picture. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's an amazing setup. So yes, I mean, it just works, just to works, confirm, uh, yeah. you heard right that Simple, he, he's breaking. Yeah, Simple provided me <laughs> with uh, the bike for Kona, and uh, my coach uh, with um, Doghouse Multi uh, Multi Sport Training Center, uh, Rick Sifton was able to put the bike together and, and work with Sipo to, to get this bike ready. Yeah. Which, once again, included you now shift with your mouth and you brake with your with basically your knee because it breaks up on the top tube of your bike. Correct. Yeah. Just just right. unbelievable. Wow. And so I'm curious, son, I believe uh, when we were first talking, um, you actually attempted Kona last year. And you weren't you weren't able to make it, um, but you did it this year. Um, how how was that experience? You know, how did that did it feel? Obviously, not great, but how did that guide you when you you didn't make it? And then did it make it that much sweeter when you were able to do it this year? Oh, definitely. Um, last year, um, I had a decent swim. I did a um, uh, one fifty three on the swim, and then the bike. I was I was moving pretty well, um, but the heat was getting to me, and I knew it would be an issue. So at every water station, I had them douse me with water. But when I when I got to about mile 80, I almost passed out. So I, I pulled over. I tried to cool off. There wasn't any shade. Um, it's that little, like, uh, it looks like an electrical station or something. It's a fenced-in area around mile 80. Yeah. And that's where it stopped. And there's this little tree that offered a little bit of shade. But it wasn't enough to cool off. So... Um, the um, medics um, stopped and they, they, they checked me out and my pulse, my heart rate wasn't coming down. So they decided that um, it would be in my best interest to call it a day. So this year, um, you know, I anticipated that. So I, um, around the halfway mark, I had a um, thermal blanket opened up and I laid in it and I had them dump water and ice on me. And I laid in there for about 10 minutes and that helped a lot. But uh-huh. when I got to mile 80 and I saw that, that shack in, on the course, I was feeling kind of the same way I did last year. Oh, and wow. I go, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to go all the way to the next water station and cool off there. I wasn't going to stop. And uh, when I did that, I got a second wind and I was able to finish the bike. But the bike was so windy. Um, it took an hour and a half longer than what I usually take on, on, a, uh, on, a, on an Ironman distance. And um, it was just brutal. Um, oh, man. But yeah. um, was able to survive it. So, <laughs> Very luckily. cool. So, I mean, a couple questions there. I mean, that just, just came into my mind just while you were explaining that. So, like, how do you take in your fluids and your nutrition and stuff like that when you're on the bike? 
Yeah, I'm, this year I did um, a Carbon Pro and I did Gatorade and, and I, I mix it and I drink it through the, uh, the speed belt. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, great call. Great call. Yeah, Speedfall must come in huge for you. Right, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So I'm using, I'm taking in a lot of calories there. I stopped at every station. I had them squeeze a, a gel into my mouth. Um, but yeah, when I need to eat, I have to stop. And that, um, you know, it takes up a, t- a lot of time. I, I wasted probably a good, um, I would say probably a good 45 minutes on just stopping at the different stations to cool off and and to get water and, and liquids and all that. So I, 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 almost an hour of my time was, was used up by that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, and then, I mean, have you had any issues with being blown over? Or, like, how do you, you feel in control of the bike all the time there with the winds and stuff? I am. Uh, actually, I have real good control. The fastest I've gone down a mountain is 55 miles per hour. <laughs> with half an arm. He has, he has better bike handling than yeah. us. Oh, no, seriously. Yeah. Huh? I are you talking about? And they tell me, hey, man, your handling is really good. Um, <laughs> last year, I almost got knocked off the bike. Uh, it pushed me over like two feet, the crosswinds, Yeah. Uh, before Javi. Uh, but this year, it was pretty good. Uh, the, the crosswinds weren't as gusty yeah. for me, but the, the steady winds were bad. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I got to Javi with no problem. You know, I, you know, it took me a long time. And then as soon as I turn around, I head back. I'm averaging 33 miles per hour because the wind's on my back, and I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna kick ass. This <laughs> yes. is awesome. And then the wind swayed, swirled around, and boom, in my face again. So <laughs> it made it rough. Yeah, that's kind of the way it works in Kona. You know, you always, yeah. you, you know, you're gonna get it both ways. You know, when you're heading out and in, you know, there's gonna be some headwinds and tailwinds. So. Uh, yeah, but it's it's almost always a blast heading out of Hawaii there at the at the turn at High V, excuse me, uh, heading around from the turnaround uh, is always fun there. But uh, man, uh, I remember you know there's times on there actually I can remember this year where I was uh, I think taking in a gel or uh, eating a bar or something like that, and I was nervous as hell that I was going down because of the winds <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. And you're you know that's just uh, I don't even know what word describes how, how amazing it is that you're able to do what you do. And I just, I, I just got it out and, um, I've been lucky. I've had falls. I've been hit by cars. I mean, but oh, most of us, uh, cyclists, uh, go through the same thing, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I'm, I, I consider myself fearless. I go out there and I enjoy it. I'm not going to let anything stop me from enjoying it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so we actually, I don't know if you remember, Hector, but uh, I was just coming on almost to Alehi, and you were coming out onto the run, and uh, I did say hello to you as I took a, had a little bit, uh, not quite as much of the run left for you, but uh, as you did, but uh, I was, uh, I remember being very happy uh, to know that you, because we had talked before, and you had said how you hadn't made the bike the year before, Um, so knowing that you had made it out to the run, uh, I was, I was really pumped for you, so um, so that was that was cool. So, um, yeah. So, tell me. Let's let's talk quickly about uh, like you got a sponsor you wanted to t- you know throw out there a little bit, and then you know you got your speaking engagement and stuff like that. Let's let's hear a little bit about you know what you're doing for the community and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a motivational speaker, so I, I I do corporate events, I do sporting events, and then I do school. Um, I love speaking to the kids. Um, you know, my thing is to be a role model for for kids and especially uh, children with disabilities. So this year I uh, created an event called uh, Racing for Two Champions. And what I do is um, I, I competed in 25-plus triathlons. Each one, each race was dedicated to a different child from the uh, Broward Children's Center. 
And these are children with high-level disabilities. Um, some communicate with just the movement of their eyes. We've got quadriplegics, paraplegics, uh, on ventilators. I mean, these kids are really, um, and, and, and you know, they, they've got some tough obstacles in, ahead of them. So I, I race with a picture of a child, and um, I, I, I swim with it, I run with it, I bike with it, and then I, I get the medal, and then we do a medal ceremony a couple days later where I, I give that medal to the child that I raced for. So from now on, uh, I mean, starting this year, I'm never going to race for a medal for myself. Yeah. It's always going to be for a child with disabilities, and um, including Kona. In Kona, what I did is I wore the um, the name of all the children I raced for this year on my sleeve. And, um, I mean, to be honest with you, on the run, it, there were moments where I, I felt like, um, you know, I don't know if I can do this. But then I looked at the uh, the names, and, and these kids really uh, inspired me to finish. Um, so I went ahead, I uh, finished, and I donated the medal with the sleep to the center. And um, you know that, that that's what that's what counts for me. It's not it's not about the hardware. It's about the experience. And uh, for these kids, uh, the the medal is a lot. It means a lot to them. So you know, I'm going from now on. All, all my medals go to a, a child. And um, that's all been made possible by my uh, sponsor, Novation Settlement Solutions. They really have backed me up. They've told me, listen, do what you're doing and uh, just, um, you know, um, be an inspiration to people. So they've really made it possible for me to be out there and, and race in Kona and, and uh, do all these different events that I do. That's so cool. And so to take it, take it back a step, I know you said you've, you know, uh, whipped up all your different contraptions, whether it was you know basketball or whatever you wanted to do. But how long have you actually been in the sport of triathlon? I started, uh, did my first race July fourth, two thousand nine. Two thousand nine, cool. I think I'm <laughs> at one fifty, one one forty eight, one fifty already. Wow. Wow. And so, like uh, any any swimming when you were a kid, or any kind of background in any of the three disciplines? No, I always uh, when I t- when I uh, do my presentations, I, I tell people, listen, uh, somebody offered me, you know, mentioned to me, why don't you uh, compete in a triathlon? And I go, uh, well, triathletes are, I thought they were crazy. I wasn't a swimmer, <laughs> I wasn't a cyclist, and I hated running. But sure, I'm up for the challenge. Um, I still feel the same way. Uh, I, I love swimming, I love cycling, not very fond of the running. <laughs> but I, I've got to get it out. i got to get it done. So mm-hmm. it's part of a triathlon. Very cool. Uh, I feel like I'm asking all the questions. You got something, Elliot? Yeah, I, I really want to. I really want to learn how to. How, I mean, so when you swim, is it primarily just kicking on your back? Yeah, that's what makes it hard for me on the run. Is because I am using my legs 100 percent for the swim. Uh-huh. So the oxygen that I take up by using it. Um, this year, I did the swim in uh, 134. So that's uh-huh. an hour and 34 minutes of just. Sure, kicking. I do a um, uh, breaststroke kick, but I'm facing up. So that's how I swim. Breaststroke kick, able to, okay. Um, uh, being a physically challenged athlete, they had a lifeguard um, watching us. So this one lifeguard um, was kind of guy uh, watching me, but I was watching her at the same time and swimming straight. And that saved a lot of, it took ah. a lot of time for my uh, swim. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, right, exactly, because if you got your head up, it's going to make it uh, darn hard to keep it straight, right? 
Yeah, yeah man. Up here, they had to start with the men, and then all of a sudden, as I start swimming, I see this uh, sea of pink caps coming at me. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, man. So I started swimming zigzag, trying to avoid, you know, being troubled <laughs> by the women. So uh, when they when they told me we were going to go with the women this year, I was like, all right, that's that's great. Cause now I'm going to do free. Yeah. <laughs> so... That yeah, makes coming. a little more sense. Uh, <laughs> but with a but with a one thirty four swim, I mean, you're you're still around a t- lot of people. I mean, that's a yeah. very good swim time. I mean, I can't imagine kicking a one thirty four. I mean, I myself really don't really kick much, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, you you're expending so much energy with your legs kicking when you get to the run. I mean, it's no, not much left. Yeah. <laughs> left. And then what happened with the run on this time, um, you know, I can usually, I mean, again, I'm, a, I'm not a great runner, but I, I'll do a six-hour. This time it took longer. It felt like I was uh, running on crushed glass. My feet were blisters all over the bottom of my feet. And what happens is that after the bike, after being doused with water, and once I take my shoes off, they're all wrinkled up from the water. So my, my feet, I, I knew I was going to have issues. After mile five, forget it. Blisters. Non-stop blisters. Mm. But um, I finished, and it was on and off, running and walking and falling forward fast, as fast as I could is what I, I, I call it. Yeah. It's uh, that Queen K is just uh, uh, pure inspiration for running, huh? It's so easy to run out there, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> In the dark, man. They, uh, In the dark, nonetheless. You see what's going on. You see these uh, uh, necklaces coming at you with the uh, fluorescent and it uh it was tough it was tough but the, the volunteers make it so much fun because you can start hearing the music yeah. and it, it, it inspires you to you know go a little faster and i mean great crowd out there this year yeah. that's a good I point mean, yeah sorry running i mean on the finishing stretch on the queen i mean i've i've raced there too and it can get pretty lonely out there but having motivation like i mean you writing all the names on your arms i mean yeah. that's that's huge and just I'm getting it. I'm getting through it because I know how mentally tough that can be. And I mean, as much as physical, but I mean, it, it is just so mentally tough out there. And, and when you're when you're running, walking out there in the dark, and you feel alone, I mean, you have so many people out there. I mean, on the internet or yeah. just waiting for you at the finish line, cheering you on. So yeah. I was freaking a lot of people out because everybody was under the impression that. Midnight was my cutoff time. It was actually 12.15. It was our cutoff time. Ah, okay. But uh, everybody was freaking out. I had people crying. And, but I actually made it uh, at midnight with four, four tenths of a second after. Oh, so really? technically, <laughs> I still made it. But uh, I had another 15 minutes. So my, my, my official time was 16.45. Yeah. Getting so, it done. Uh, yeah, there were, there were people were freaking out. <laughs> So are you going to be on? Uh, are you going to be on the NBC broadcast in a couple weeks? I have a good feeling about it. Um, they they follow me around. They interviewed me a couple days before. Um, and then if you look at the uh, recap video, uh, the official recap video, they uh, ended the recap video with me crossing the finish line. So I've gotten a lot of comments about that because it's a really powerful image. Uh, Absolutely. To see a guy without arms crossing the finish line of the. Uh, the biggest triathlon in the world. So I, I, I'm hoping. I mean, I, if anything, it, it would bring so much attention for racing for two champions and 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 this center that that means a lot. That means so much to me. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I will be shocked as well if we don't see you on there then. Uh, it sounds like uh, that should be in uh, very well-deserved. So, and, and speaking of that, so is there is there other people that race for, for your organization there? No, but um, the, uh, what happened is um, as soon as I got back from Kona um, the week after, I uh, had, went through an emergency appendectomy. So I had my appendix removed last Friday. Wow. So I, uh, I it, it's kind of ruined my opportunity to do my next race, which was a half iron coming up on November 13th. But uh, fortunately, I have, um, there's going to be a couple relay teams that are going to take my place, and they're going to raise money for the children and as well as the, uh, the medal. So my idea is to create a movement with this where, where people will, will do a race and send the medals in to the kids. Um, but who knows? I mean, well, we'll see. My other goal was to raise fifty thousand. I think we're at uh, somewhere about twenty-seven thousand. So if we get the exposure from NBC, that that would definitely put me over the top. Which would absolutely. Be great. Make sure that link's ready to go in a couple weeks. Sir. Actually, th- did they announce the date of when it's going to be broadcasted? Uh, no, but it's usually the the second yeah, it's pretty week, soon, uh, right? second Saturday, right, of November. Yeah, yeah it's right before. I, I know this because I live. In Arizona, and it's the day before Ironman Arizona, so it'll be November nineteenth. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, yeah, I uh, I got to imagine that's going to bring some awesome publicity to you. So that's uh, that's great. Very cool. That'd be awesome. I'm actually I'm actually excited to watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys check out the recap. The recap's pretty cool because uh, it's got the music, the inspirational music, and then at the end you hear Mike Riley saying, and you are an Ironman, it's me in slow motion. talking to you, huh? Crossing the finish line. That's pretty oh, yeah. If I could find that on YouTube, I'll post that on our website, too. Yeah, Is definitely. That... It's, a, it's yeah. a great clip. Very cool. Nice. So you're, you know, doing engagements, um, you know, and speaking, are you doing that all over the place or just primarily in Florida, or, or how's that working for you? I do it all over. I speak Spanish, so I do them in Spanish as well. Um, the idea is to get out there and do international. So I've been, uh, I may be doing a race in, in Japan this year. Uh, I'm hoping to get into the Boston Marathon. Um, it's just going to get all over the place. I'm doing, I'm going back to Cuba to do the uh, triathlon in Cuba. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm open to going anywhere to, uh, you know, inspire people. Whatever it takes to inspire people, I'm out there. And, and um, again, I'm enjoying life to the fullest. And I am planning another cross-country bike ride. Uh, I've done two of them. I, um, in 2000, uh, 2012, I'm sorry, 2013, I rode from uh, Fort Lauderdale to New York City. I did that in 17 days. And 2014, I rode from, um, I'm sorry, 2013, I rode from Miami to Spokane, Washington. And I did that in 36 days on a bike. Wow. So this year I'm trying to do one across the the southern states of California. Holy smokes! Wow, Hector, you're, you're crazy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I I got my second chance 25 years ago, and I'm like, I mean, I, it's killing me the fact that I'm I can't do anything for the next five weeks. So supposedly no training. I'm gonna ask him if I can swim, <laughs> so I can at least keep my swimming going. You know, I because five weeks can really set me back. And I'm ready to start, uh, you know, my first triathlon for 2017 is going to be in January. So I, I keep going. I keep going. It's my it's my job. This is what I do. Yeah. I love yeah. competing. Very cool. That's uh, just amazing. 
um yeah but to that point you know a little rest won't kill you you know be, <laughs> be patient uh you know you're uh clearly doing a lot of events and things and uh it's good you know even from a mental standpoint to take a little break so yeah i gotta throw that out as the coach in me you know so <laughs> as my yeah, clients are always it. complaining about it you know that uh it, it's good to take that small step back every once in a while to make a big leap forward so uh, <laughs> absolutely um but and then you know so you're mentioning have you have you already raced a lot internationally or is that's kind of the next step i did um last year i did uh paris brush paris which is a uh, randonneering event it's the long distance cycling event i did that and um i did cuba last year i've done a couple races in the bahamas um yeah my my goal is to, to get out there and and just i i love Here's an example. Um, I'll do a group ride. I'll, I'll join a group ride, and I always get that same look when I when I start riding. Everybody's like, "What's up with this guy? Is this guy going to hold us back? Is he going to make us wreck?" Uh, you see, you can see it in their eyes. As soon as I finish the race, they're like, "Oh my God, you're an inspiration!" Because I keep up with them, and I, I have no problem. So I love going to races where people don't know me, and and just after the race, they're like. They're, they're, they're dumbfounded. Uh, how does this guy ride? How does this guy swim? So I love that that feeling. Uh, it's getting harder because the, uh, I don't know if you ever seen the tire changing video. Um, you know, I've, I've done races where people know me from the guy that changes flats with his feet. Um, if you ever get a chance to look it up, it's uh, uh, changing a bike flat without hands. Uh, it's got over 50 million views on uh, social media. Wow. No, I haven't seen that. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Uh, yeah, you got to check it out. How long did it take you to master that skill? Yeah, I mean, for those long-distance bike rides, I, I had to learn how to do no it. No choice, uh, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, the fastest I, I've done it, I did an interbike a couple um One year at interbike, I did like 20 demonstrations, and I got down to seven and a half minutes. So, wow, that's faster than I can change a flat. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's pretty quick. Um, fortunately, you know, I've been using uh, liners and, and, and uh, gator skins and trying to avoid the flats. I really don't want to change a flat out on the uh, road, but if I got to do it, I do it. Wow. Sorry, I'm actually texting my wife real quick. I don't know if people can hear these noises on top of us. My kids are running around on the floor above us, so I apologize for that. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, right on. So... Um, Ellie, you got any other uh, specific questions? Um, no, I just want people to go to his website. It's uh, don'tstopliving.org. I mean, I'm browsing it right now, and it's amazing. I mean, you've been on newspaper articles, internet, TV, radio. I mean, the you've done dead. it all. It's and pretty awesome. The walker on The Walking Dead. That's my, my oh, wow. 15 minutes there. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was one of Michonne's pet walkers on the uh, TV show The Walking Dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very cool. And uh, so is there any, like, is, is triathlon definitely now? Obviously, you've finished Kona. Is there your thoughts on, like, other type of endurance events or events and stuff like that? Are you going to stick to tries? Yeah, it's... Um yeah, mostly tries. I, I thought about some of those mudding and the, 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 the Spartan races. And unfortunately, I mean, I, you know, my thing is to stay as healthy as possible. And even though I, I know I can do them, but uh, the chances of uh, injury are, are higher. With Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the long-distance bike rides, the um, triathlon throughout the, the world. Yeah, I want to I wanna do Australia. I want to do South Africa. I mean, I want to I wanna do races all over. 
for sure. Well, that's cool. So I don't want to take away from your, uh, you know, say, hey, tell me to just go uh, hire you to come do a talk. But I mean, what I, I think it's it's I would like to think it's it's pretty uh, self-explanatory, like what your motivation is. But you know, what would you say to our listeners here? You know, when they're they're struggling that day or whatnot, uh, just say, hey, look at me, or what do you got for us? I mean, uh, yeah, when people look at me, and, and I use, I, I know that I turn heads, and uh, it's it's what I do with it. You know, do I, you know, try to hide and say, well, it's me, and look at me, and I feel sorry for myself. Well, I don't feel sorry for myself. I I, I, don't, I don't have time for it. Uh, I go out there, and I'm enjoying life. I'm making the most of my second chances. I'm living my best life. My, my um suggestion to all of you is to go out there and live your best life whether it be triathlon cycling running swimming or even reading books you know if you, you whatever it is yeah. books, read the best and the most books it's live life to the fullest and, and i'm doing it i don't think we should uh can top it any better off than that so um Hector, thanks again for uh, for speaking with us. We really appreciate it, and uh, hope everybody will check out his site and uh, all the awesome things he's doing. And sounds like we're definitely going to see him uh, on uh, the Kona coverage here in uh, a couple weeks. So, I hope so. Uh, hope so. And hey, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Um, you guys have a great night, and uh, let me know if you need anything ever in the future. Yeah, likewise. We'd like to do whatever we can to help you out. So, um, thank you so. Much. All right. Thanks, everybody. So we'll uh, finish off Episode 9 here. More coming soon here, but take care. Thanks, Hector.